This is your Drive Time News Blast. 30 minutes jam-packed with news of the day from the perspectives of truth, liberty, and justice. This is Monica Perez. And I'm Brad Binkley. The top story today is that Michael Flynn's attorney alleges that the FBI tricked, misled Flynn into having conversations without his counsel that would ultimately lead to a criminal investigation and that while it wasn't illegal, it was bad and that they should be, they should dismiss all charges, even though he still has a formally entered guilty plea. There are a couple of wrinkles in this story that I thought was interesting. One is that the attorney is alleging that the FBI manipulated the 302 form do you remember what a 302 form is? I recall hearing that. I don't remember exactly what it is. Yeah, you only heard it here <laughs> yeah. for sure. It is what the entire Mueller report is based on, mm-hmm. 302 forms, which is where an FBI agent goes out with his little crayon and his construction paper in the car, tears running down his face, and writes down all the horrible things he just heard. Or, well, that's how Comey does it. Memorializing. <laughs> Yes. yes. But really what a 302 form is, is highly controversial. It's where an FBI agent comes to your house. This is one example of many. Comes to your house and he just looks like he's talking to you casually on the steps. So he doesn't take his pad out like you see in the movies and writes everything down because that would chill you. Yeah. So after your conversation, he can go write it down and say what he heard from memory. Yeah. He can do it right then or he can do it like, the day before the trial, two years Ten years, years later, yeah. Right. Yeah. And that becomes very problematic because they bring that up as evidence in a trial and they'll ask the people, did you say this? And they'll say no. And they'll say, well, you said it then. Are you lying now? Are you lying then? But it, it happens. That's a big, it's a controversy. So they're saying that the... They wrote down on the 302 form that basically Flynn categorically denied speaking with the Russian ambassador. And and in fact, what is being argued now is that he just he said he didn't remember because he talked to so many people and that it wasn't all this like misleading and all that, that they wrote the 302 form in a way to make it look like he said that stuff. But they don't have a recording of it and that it was intentional. And they brought up some other Little tidbits. It gets very kind of drama y from here on in. The Stru- Peter Strzok stuff always struck me as ridiculous. And one of the texts that they quoted in today's, the article I read today was that he wrote to his girlfriend, alleged girlfriend, uh, let's discuss a media leak strategy. So, like, oh, he that's wrote that they, to Lisa Page? Yeah, a long time ago, I guess. I don't know. But anyway, and then. They, she also alleges that Clapper told the Washington Post reporter, who I guess they were leaking this stuff to, go ahead and take the kill shot. So, yeah, on Flynn. Yeah. So Clapper, his representative, categorically denies this. But Clapper, we know, is a liar, mm-hmm. which I mentioned yesterday. Do you remember that? I do. Okay. Last night... Was it last night? Yeah, I think it was last night. I was looking. No, it was the night before. I think I mentioned the Clapper thing on Wednesday. And Wednesday night, I watched the entire two and a half hour or three hour Snowden. It was not an interview. The 
lecture. Monologue. <laughs> the monologue that Snowden gave Joe Rogan. Let me just, we're going to do a service to the listening audience. We are going to distill that entire three hours into like 10 one-minute sound bites on Saturday on the WSB show. And then we're going to play it next week at, at the time of this Drive Time News Blast because I'm taking vacation for my anniversary. And uh, so he actually plays a clip of Clapper perjuring himself to Congress yeah. in the Snowden interview. So this is all back bubbling to the surface Snowden now. Snowden played that clip during the interview? Yes, that's what was so crazy. I referred to it on Wednesday, and Wednesday night I see Snowden playing that clip. Yeah. So that was an important part of, the, of what Snowden's <clears throat> feeding out to us. And uh, and the judge in the Flynn case, it's always interesting to see. It's this guy, Emmett Sullivan, who pops up in like almost every high-priority case other than the Devin Archer case. Yeah. he Guantanamo, Ted Stevens, Lois Lerner, Hillary emails, the case where he had some deported person like returned on the same plane immediately in a recent, you know, in a Trump-era case. So that should be interesting. That's the Flynn stuff. The yeah. investigation that they're investigating, uh, doing a criminal probe on the origin. Oh yeah, right. Of the Russian investigation. Yeah, I read that. That Bill Barr supposedly brought some hot stuff back from Rome. Not a chick, but some information. Yeah. And that his uh, one of the U.S. attorneys who works for him. John Durham, whose name you probably heard before, he was lauded as above reproach, a model U.S. attorney when he was appointed to the role of probing into possible FBI or DOJ misconduct in the run-up to the 2016 election and also into 2017 when they were talking about everything from Russian interference to the Steele dossier and all that. Now they've elevated that probe to a criminal investigation based on what Barr brought back from his world tour and this uh, a big thing also is surveillance abuse like listening in on trump tower and everything but we know that everything is surveilled like we we hear the yeah tapes anyway but so now he can subpoena people he can uh file charges he can impanel grand juries so they this, say this he, raise the raises the bar yeah they say that he's gonna potentially interview as a witness Christopher Steele, the British the elusive spy. and possibly imaginary Christopher yeah. Steele. You know, Christopher Steele, I dug up this little tidbit about Christopher Steele. I think it's just right in his wiki page, but I thought about it. It was weird. He was outed at least a decade ago in, in a controversial, was it a leak or something? He was outed as a Russian, as a spy, as a British spy in Russia many years ago. So that he was completely, his effectiveness was totally neutralized, and he was no longer a real spy. Yeah. So, did you hear that? Do you remember that? I remember a story about him getting into some trouble or something ten years ago. Yeah, but he was no, he was removed from Russia at least for a while, and he was just neutralized. So, yeah. any anything he got had to have been through third chance, yeah. third party. You know what? It, it just people knew who he was. Yeah, and it doesn't give credibility to what he says, but it makes it seem more like he'd be someone they who's already spoiled who they could choose for another role. Yeah. So, sheep anyway. Dip. I don't know if he sheep dipped. 
You know, you just want to, you just like saying sheep I like dipped. the term sheep dipped. <laughs> Who was sheep dipped recently? Tulsi Gabbard. Oh, Who I like. I want yeah. to talk to Tulsi Gabbard. That would be I'm, fantastic. I would love to talk to her because I want, regardless of if she's sheep dipped or was CFR or whatever, I would like to hear uh, her take. Like the real, I want the whole ideology in a nutshell from beginning to end because she appeals to a lot of libertarians, but she has that left libertarian thing working. Yeah. And in my mind, it's not possible to be a left libertarian. You can't have somebody free to smoke their pot while you're paying for their health care. Because as Mayor Bloomberg said, now that we're paying for your health care, we can ban sugary sodas because yeah. your health is our problem. Yeah. And it's like, okay. So questions like that, I would love to ask her. So there goes an appeal out to Tulsi Gabbard. Come on, the drive time news blast. Yeah, I, I just love <laughs> or to the have WSB her on. show. Yeah, <laughs> that would give her some some exposure to the Atlanta audience. Um, okay, so the the there was some more Ukraine stuff. Speaking of Russia, yeah, the reporting on both sides is interesting. It's now gone, gone directly parallel with Fox News hitting the Flynn case and the criminal probe into the origins of the Russian investigation hard while CNN is pretty much ignoring that and focusing on the impeachment in- inquiry into Trump. So it's like an investigation into Trump and an investigation into Clinton almost parallel going on the two networks is what it feels yeah. like anyway. Yeah, I felt – didn't you get that sense as soon as the Russia probe came in or Mueller was like, yeah, we're not doing anything, and then they said we're going to – we're going to get to the bottom of this. Like it just, it flipped then. It just keeps flipping back and forth. Yeah. And it's, I mean. It's maddening. I guess, yeah. I mean, they're trying to keep it interesting. But I had some stuff from that I, I read in yesterday's paper about the Ukraine story. There was all sorts of, there was a, some stuff coming out because Laura Cooper went before the impeachment investigation committee or whatever they call it. And she was the first person from the Pentagon to testify. And in this, in the article about her, the wall street journal put all, all this stuff in there, not in quotes or anything. I mean, the fact that this is this, this is the side that is supposed to be defending Trump. You know what I mean? Like this is the side that if, if this is a two party system with the two party media, there the journal is not is not really defending Trump the way the New York Times is attacking him. No. And a couple of the sentences from it that I thought were noteworthy was the journal said the aid uh helps Ukraine defend itself against Russian aggression. So that was the why we give aid to Ukraine. But the amount of aid we gave was I believe they paid more in bailing out the private bank that Kolomoisky bankrupted or embezzled from, then we gave an aid. So like you could say all of our aid went into Kolomoisky's pockets, basically. Yeah. I mean, indirectly and circuitously. And it may continue to go there because the Ukrainian court said that privatizing that bank was was illegal. So now Kolomoisky, as I mentioned before, is suing Zelensky and the Ukrainian government for $2 billion for damages, but the bank was bankrupt. So, well, I'm sure he can come up with books that suggest that he lost $2 billion instead of put them in a Cyprus account, which is what he really did. 
Anyway, so that's where our aid goes. I'm not too worried about it being frozen for a while. <laughs> but then it goes on to say, hold on the aid, set off alarms at the Pentagon. And I'm thinking the hold on the aid to Latin America so that they will accept our prison industrial complex down there with an asylum agreement didn't set off alarms anywhere. Yeah. Who did set off alarms with? Like, they, yeah, they always say yeah. that. And that's what Mulvaney said is like, we, isn't it Mulvaney who said that we, that's all we do. That's what aid is. Yeah, it's that. That's what they do all the time. That's yeah, the reason. It is not they, an act of compassion. It's an it's a an instrument of control. No, we're not like we expect nothing in return. Don't even tell us how you use the money. Yes, here's your money. We own you. Right. Exactly. I mean, I think that's what it says in the memo. Yeah. <laughs> like we own you, so do what we say. I'm I'm the guy with the check. And it also went on to say that presidents can't block aid approved by Congress. But didn't Biden? Threatened to do that and say, call Obama. They said, I mean, this is too, it's too neatly tied up. Like Biden said in that CFR interview that we've talked about and played clips from that I said, we're withholding the aid. And they said, you can't do that. And I said, call Obama. Yeah. And he said it really arrogantly too. So I don't know the answer, but it seems like they do it all the time. You know, I don't know the fine prints of the law, but it doesn't really matter if they don't actually prosecute the laws. Yeah. You know, if there's charges, charge it. You know. Yeah, it's all drama. It's it's all it's like it it's is. competing to be the best show on television. They're competing with the other reality shows. They're competing with the other network television shows. They're just trying to be the most entertaining wonder, and dramatic. I wonder if Zelensky is still playing the president in the sitcom. I just said, did... keep doing what you're doing. <laughs> I wonder if they're still airing it. Like, I wonder if he's actually, like, yeah. showing up for yeah. work on Saturdays yeah. and playing. Or, like, if Trump's, like, putting some apprentices in the can for his retirement. Yeah, maybe he doesn't like, even know. He's the, yeah, he didn't know he's the real president. <laughs> that's like the Truman Show. Yeah. It's the Zelensky Show. Yeah. Like, that's what they switched to. He has no idea. That's pretty funny. But there was another article in the, in the journal yesterday that was pretty uh, – it was obviously trying to – soft pedal this thing hunter biden's name used in fraud scheme and it goes into finally that devin archer was convicted of fraud his buddy and it and it says uh that the judge hearing the case later overturned the verdict against mr archer saying she wasn't convinced of his guilt they don't mention that the judge is ronnie abrams whose husband was number two in the Mueller investigation (laughs) so you know they don't say what her name is they don't say that she was the one who allowed that preposterous accusation against trump for rape go forward even though it was literally a jerry springer episode and uh and they say twice in this article and i i it's they don't need to cite sources for this they could actually just figure it out and i find it very hard to believe that if it is true that they wouldn't have done that, that they're just saying this as a quote, it says twice. The attorney said Mr. Archer told his clients that Hunter Biden. Uh, oh, this is something different. That Hunter Biden joined them to uh, drum up business for the firm that was that these guys all went to jail under fraud. Uh, it says. They are no longer business partners. Archer and Biden are no longer business partners. A person familiar with Mr. Biden's affairs said, and then it goes on to say a person familiar with Mr. Biden's affairs. Yeah. And then it's actually says it twice. Like in there's two paragraphs apart. It says again, Mr. Biden, Mr. Archer are no longer business partners. The person said, 
Like they literally wrote it. I love that. The person said. <laughs> right. And it's got nothing in there. But I'm just saying, but one of Biden's guys said that they're not business partners anymore. But this is the Rosemont Seneca thing that is part of the Chinese uh joint venture that Biden just stepped down from the board of while continuing to own 10% of it. That's where they're in with Chris Hines and James Bulger. Like I didn't hear that this was dissolved and I just looked into it like a week ago. So maybe Devin Archer stepped out of it, but I hadn't seen any of that. And they're not saying that that is true. They're saying that Biden's person who doesn't even have a name, someone, a Familiar with Biden's affairs. That, that's how even... Biden introduces this person. This person is familiar <laughs> with my affairs. That's all you need to know. Especially the one with my brother's widow. <laughs> so anyway, ah, this stuff is really, it's beneath us, Spinkly. It's beneath us. Well, it's all, um, all has a purpose. We're just trying to. Yes. Well, yes. And I think the purpose, I think we're getting closer to the purpose of the EU whistleblower stuff that you brought to our attention, that crazy twisted piece of, um, I would say it's like Newspeak, where it it's supposed to, it says it's the opposite of what it is. It's yeah. not whistleblower. So I, I think we talked about that a little bit when you brought it forward. You yeah. were saying it gives the FBI and stuff license to lie. It gives the FBI free reign to lie. Right now, if you intentionally lie, you could potentially be criminally prosecuted. This EU law, if adopted, would eliminate that. So they would yeah, be Yeah, so free you could be lie. a fake whistleblower. Right. You could be a whistleblower that comes out and says stuff that isn't true, and you are not subject to the penalties from that. You yeah. have to just pursue defamation in whatever country or, or, or whatever. Right. So I thought the devil is in the details, that if you have a whistleblower, it's like why I think WikiLeaks is a honeypot. I think there's another one, Cryptome, or I, I, I don't want to get it wrong. I'm sure I just did. But there's another one that's a real one where, like, you give them whistleblower documents and they just publish them right away. They just put them all up and that's that. With WikiLeaks, you give it to them and they have the right to withhold or come forward with it and they own it and all that. So I feel like if there are whistleblowers out there, you have to have a fake one, which I think is probably WikiLeaks, you have to have a fake one, a honeypot, to attract these guys in, and then you can ensnare them or at least neutralize their information or whatever. So whistleblower, the whistleblower thing has to have some honeypots out there. And today in the news, it was reported widely that the watchdog office for the VA set up by Trump, which was supposed to impart whistleblower protections, actually functioned like a honeypot and retaliated against whistleblowers who came forward. I don't know how true that story is, but this is exactly what I was worried about. And I think it's going to play into uh, when we talked about who is representing the whistleblowers in Ukraine, the Ukraine whistleblowers. It's these lawyers, one of whom was the head of like anti-retaliation stuff. Yeah, He was the first guy. So all this retaliatory stuff is, I think, bubbling up to become a part of the Ukraine story. And I think it also ties in Absolutely. with the Snowden stuff. Snowden was addressing it, too. I'm still trying to figure out, like, what what is the purpose of this whole Snowden interview? He put a lot of stuff out there, but he did address the whistleblower thing. He did talk well. about it a little bit from what I heard, and he also— Just a little, yeah. Yeah, I'll also, save my thoughts for that on, uh, for tomorrow. For tomorrow? Yeah. Okay, good. 
so that was a big story. And another big story that was all over the news today or just given live coverage was the Elijah Cummings funeral. Yeah. And I just, I had about had enough of how this guy was God's gift to man. Did you know that he was signing impeachment documents the day before he died? I did not know that. I did. It's kind of like McCain's deathbed. Please get Trump for me. Yeah. Yeah. Like, we're supposed to. Everybody's dying and their last words are being spent on Trump. (laughs) I know. It was like Jack Black. I was so disappointed in Jack Black when he got his star on Hollywood Boulevard and he said something like, Fuck Trump. Oh, it's like, really? That, <laughs> yeah. That's the bumper sticker of your life? Yeah. I mean, that's the your, your, your moment of highest achievement, of final recognition for all your hard work. Yeah, you're going to pander. I know. <laughs> I know. Whereas Jim Carrey is pandering now, but I feel like they were about to charge him with murder, so I think he had to yeah. do what he had to yeah. do. <laughs> and he was all anti-vaxxy, so he was definitely going to get was. him eventually. He had been, but I'm sure he's not now. Yeah. I'm sure they, whatever, gave him the Prozac or I don't know what. So, but Elijah Cummings. So I was not, I was really not going to bring this up, but I just couldn't, when, when Hillary said that he could call down upon earth, the fire of the heavens or something, I was like, okay. Oh my gosh. Right. So I was just like, I just have to, I believe that he was about to be hit by a major scandal. So I I just had to like figure out what it was. Like maybe he sold children's books to the Baltimore hospital or, oh no, that was the mayor of Baltimore. But he's from Baltimore and his wife, this makes me crazy. The wife did it. It's like, definitely the wife didn't do it. Like your money is the same. He didn't write it in his own name, but I'm sure he was aware. Because what it was, it was actually much worse than I thought it was. There was this thing, the Center for Global Policy Solutions, which is a, quote, charity. And it's like being touted as a charity. They're like, well, his wife took some, you know, questionable stuff from charity and whatever. It it looks like it was a pass-through. What it's being accused of is, so this charity was closely affiliated with a similarly named consulting service. So the charity was nonprofit, but the Global Policy Consulting Service was for profit. And the Global Policy Solutions, uh, or whatever whatever one was the foundation, had donors, including Google, J.P. Morgan, and Prudential, so they made tax-deductible da- da- donations while legislation that affected them was before the Committee on Oversight and Government Reform over which Cummings was the chair. So he was the chair of this committee. They had stuff that was going to be affected by that committee, and they gave to this foundation, and the foundation hired the company that the Cummings then could get paid out of. And it was in the tune, to the tune of millions of dollars. So normally you don't get to, like, pocket lobbying money, but that's what they were being accused of. It didn't – I don't – it hasn't been resolved yet, so we don't know what they actually did or didn't. Will it ever be? I doubt it. I'm sure they'll just be like, oh, we're just going to drop this case because she's in mourning. You just keep that money, okay? <laughs> yeah, it's just yeah. don't worry about And then that. make the like legislation, the Elijah Cummings Memorial legislation for there Google, J.P. Morgan, and Prudential's <laughs> cause. It's for a good cause, Google. Felicity Huffman is getting out of jail today after 11 days of her 14 days. Oh, did she get off early for Senate. good behavior? I, I guess. Wow. That's great. She was probably making them all like 
fantastic grilled cheeses and stuff. She kept her head down. <laughs> Doing her mom stuff. And just did what she needed yeah. to do. So uh, the I have to just point out, I read this thing. I know the wildfires are like obsessing me, but apparently they cut off all these people's electricity and still a wildfire started from an electrical line. Trump this did massive, it. <laughs> this massive wildfire. So they turned off the wrong electricity or they would have all erupted into fire. I don't know, but I would love to see. I should actually look and make sure it's not already out there. But even if it were already out there, the way studies are done these days by only by interested parties, totally manipulated, I probably wouldn't even have enough. I wouldn't just say I wouldn't believe it, but my guess is that I wouldn't stand up to scrutiny or they wouldn't give you the details of the study. But the study I want to see is of all the wildfires in California history that could whose causes are known, how many of them were caused by wires? Because I've never heard that. It's almost always careless campers, smokers. Remember? Yeah. I mean, so I would just like to see if this is something that just emerged since PG&E did something stupid last year that caused a fire that i mean is electricity just squirting out of the, of the wires i'd like to yeah. know how russia is involved in setting these wildfires russia yes i wouldn't be surprised well they might have were thinking of blaming it on russia because a couple of years ago it was coming out in the form of attacks like terrorist attacks against the power grid there you go. So I don't know what's up with the power grid, but I just feel like they were attacking it from a couple of different angles. Yeah, there's something going on with that. It's it's kind of bizarre. Speaking of Russia, the Russian agent Maria Bettina was freed oh, from prison yes! today. And do you oh. know who's mad about it? Me? That she was in prison? Mad that she's being released is the mom of reality winner. I was just thinking about reality winner today. She's sick. Over the fact that Russian agent Maria Butina has been released from prison while her daughter continues to rot in jail. Hashtag wow. free reality winner. I I was thinking of reality winner today because I was just looking at a bunch of names. Christopher Steele, Carter Page, and I just, they feel so 80s sitcom like you pointed <laughs> out, yeah. you know? And I was like, but that, you know, that as far as fake names go, that, that's not that bad. Like reality winner. Which I do not think she even claims was her given name. I hope I believe not. she does actually admit that she made that up or somebody made it up for her. But yeah, Maria Butina. So she goes back and they'll probably hail her as a hero. And it just makes us look so bad that we have such an unjust system uh, you know, of criminal injustice. It's just it's upsetting to me. Yeah, she says she's not going to go back to Russia and become a reality TV star. She actually said that? Yeah. <laughs> so she She is. told CNN that. <laughs> Weird. Uh, oh, by the way, I know I'm, I, I mean, I'm not even, I'm extremely cautiously open to the idea that Trump has gone crazily rogue somehow and is actually going to leave Syria alone. It seems so, so unlikely to me, but there's always a chance. However, I did read in the paper today that, uh, oh, by the way, did I not tell you that I'm leaving a bunch of troops in Syria to protect the oil there? <laughs> I mean, whose oil is it? Whose oil is it? It's like, is it our oil? Did our oil somehow get underneath Syria's land? 
Well, it, they and, have to protect it from everyone else. It's the Earth's oil. Well, in this country, and I think it's a good system, whoever owns the land above the oil owns the oil. Oh. And it, if you want to buy oil under somebody, some other country's land, you are going to have to. We have not achieved anarcho-capitalist uh, justice in the world yet where private property is all that matters. You have to respect the sovereign laws of the other country, and you don't get to bring the United States Army or United States Police Forces into another country to protect the private property that an American company or a British company or an outside interest or you know owns. And you can't you can't consider it the spoils of war. You cannot charge Syria the cost of having invaded it. Like, I mean, that, I think, is the theory that they that Trump used to say why we should have kept the Iraq oil after we went through all the trouble of invading their country. Yeah, (laughs) we have no business being there, even if somebody did make it. Just think about it. If you would you go to Guatemala and you see some guy, some uh, person who your country considers to be a, a banana republic puppet dictator or whatever, really corrupt guy, warlord who runs Guatemala and he says to you, Oh yeah, I'm going to, I'll sell you that waterfall. I'll sell you the waterfall and you can have it. And any tourist dollars, whatever they're yours, just give me $5 billion right now. And you can have the waterfall. And then you do it. And then he says that I was just, I'm keeping your money. It's not your waterfall. Get away. Do you think this scenario, I paid 5 billion for a waterfall. Yes. Yes, you did. Well, then I deserve what I get. If that's going on. Could have been a very tall waterfall. Yeah. I I see what you're saying. I see what you're saying. So I'm just so do you think that at that point you get to call the head of the army and say, hey, I'm an American citizen here. Could you please just bring that army in here? Because (laughs) guess do do you think you could do that? Probably not. Okay, but it's a little more conceivable that if Warren Buffett had done it. Well, if I had five billion dollars, I potentially could have could do it. I'm just like saying, Warren like, Buffett, yeah, yeah, Warren Buffett would make that call and somehow get somebody down there, and then furthermore, you could say that Warren Buffett would actually make a deal he knew was bad, just to then say, "Well, I'm going to enforce it," even though we all knew that you did not have the authority to give away the land of your country, yeah, the oil of your country, the oil of the person who lives on that piece of land, yeah. I'm just saying, you can't. It doesn't work that way. That it's we do not have our ideology in order, and that could be what sparks a big war because Russia is still in there. It's like bombing some of the YPG supposedly out of that area. I mean, now we could have a problem. Now that we've activated Russia and Syria there, you know, Turkey steps back. Russia's bombing our allies, the Kurds. We're in there protecting the oil, doing training exercises right nearby with the Ukrainians. Well, that's not that nearby, but... Well, yeah. Near Russia. It's near yeah. Russia. Near yes, Russia, yes, yes, yeah. yes, yes. Not Syria. Yes. All right, so hey, we've got this two-parter coming up. It's going to be Saturday on WSB. We're going to tell you all you need to hear from the Snowden interview. And we're also... Uh, I'm going to deconstruct it again or in depth on Free Man Beyond the Wall next week. And you guys can find your Drive Time News Blast every weekday afternoon at 4 p.m. on thepropreport.com or your favorite podcasting platform. We will talk to you guys tomorrow on WSB and next week on Propaganda Report Drive Time News Blast.